Um, yeah, really a busy morning. I started off the morning watching the news as always having my coffee. And uh, the weather girl comes on and she starts talking about this compound planet thing going on. It happens, I don't know, like once every 80 years. What is what, that? What's compound planet? I think it's Saturn and Jupiter get... They get near each other in the sky. Yeah, in their uh, orbit. So it uh. looks like there's a dual planet kind of thing going on. And then she goes, and you know who has a really good view of that? Santa in his sleigh, huh, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> I slapped the laptop closed. <laughs> Santa <laughs> in his sleigh. Well, we're at that time of year. <laughs> I know. And I talked about that last year. That drives me crazy because it's like, you know, how many four-year-olds were watching this whole gig about the compound planet? Yes. You're, you're talking to me about seeing in this in that in that tone of voice. Right, Dave? <laughs> right. <laughs> Good morning. Yeah, so here we go with that. A whole three more weeks of that. I'm not gonna be watching a lot of morning news. Right, right. Welcome well, to over fifty starting over. I'm Barry Edwards. And I'm Merle Garrison. So how are you doing? Funny. I'm doing pretty good, man. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. So it yeah. got me off to the gym earlier than expected, which is good because I like to, sometimes I miss uh, going to the gym before the show because we do it really early. And, yeah, it and is. I like to have the workout under my belt before we get, yeah, it gets. Oh, did you get one in today? Yes, I did. A very good Oh, workout. okay. Good, yeah. good, good. Gets rid of the cobwebs and gets my blood going. So yeah. I basically just roll out of bed and just, hey, good morning. Hey, Barry. I, I know. And I I don't really do that. Well, <laughs> I wish I could, though. Well, almost because Sleep it's 630. 630 for you. It's oh, I know. I wake up. Uh, I have to wake up considerably earlier than this. So in order to be awake by the time I get to this show. So, yeah. Hey, so much has happened since our last show, which was nine ten days ago because of thanksgiving yeah, yeah no and kidding so, right first of all was thanksgiving and we really killed it and i got some pictures that i'm overlaying here okay. because we took some <laughs> pictures of the spread uh as i told you we would uh, because i'm gonna say it again we just dedicated ourselves we had it alone just lisa and i right. and we're dedicating <clears throat> the ourselves to making these holidays as special as possible during this really messed up year. And uh, we killed it. We uh, did a, a heck of a turkey, uh, a little one. And Lisa did the stuffing. She did two pies, uh, green beans and Brussels sprouts. And mm. it was really special. It was really quaint. We uh, decorated the day after... I decorated the day after Thanksgiving. I have pictures of that. Did you really? Wait, yeah. you you did that? That's good. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And it's it's special. It's a new decoration. I say I did it. It's all Lisa's design. And I mean, she mm. picks out everything. I'm kind of reading between the lines here. Yeah, so it's uh, Lisa's across, design. Across but... our archway. Oh, I got to Photoshop it, mind yeah. you. She okay. finds this stuff in the magazine. I got to take photos of everything and photoshop it all together <laughs> it's your project it is yeah so then mm -hmm. i gotta put it out there and it's really special it's our first year for doing that so we do seasonal uh decorations now and uh lisa thinks the neighbors are depending on us now for this they have to be <laughs> right. sure get yeah. out there 
Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> it, it is really special. It looks uh, really great. And then right on the heels of that, Merle, about two days, three days ago, we got this horrific snowstorm. Oh, you're we kidding. Got, we got about 18, us right here on this part of Cleveland, we got yeah. about 18 inches of snow in one day. Oh, my gosh. Already? Yes. Yes, yes that is in what day what that was this week yeah when, when was that i'm thinking tuesday or wednesday really or something wow it was just a few days ago because then the next day it's really sunny and 38 degrees and it's you know melting again and it's beautiful today it's like That's 43 funny. right now and sunny so oh my gosh just, yeah, and uh, for this time of year, that that's pretty nice. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's about yeah. average. Yeah, and so, sunny. You're lucky yeah. Yeah. to have sun right now. Soak well, it up now. Soak it I, up now. I go to the gym in sh my shorts, uh, tennis shoes, and T-shirt, and just a light jacket, and I'm comfortable in this kind of weather. You know, if it's sunny out and stuff, it, it's really nice. I'm just saying we've seen the gamut since the last time I talked to you. Wow, that's pretty yeah. pretty wild. Well, I'm glad that everything worked out for Thanksgiving. You, you said uh, that you were putting some pictures up. Yeah, yeah. So I will – you haven't seen them until post. Okay, all right. Yeah. I just had to make sure there. Yeah, our Thanksgiving was really nice too. We had, uh, we had uh, my kids over, Brandon and Hallie. And uh, Scott and Karen came over as well, my brother and sister-in-law. And uh, I, I told you that, um, boy, we had a spread. It was so yeah. good, Barry. Everything was good. Like, yeah. it was a home run. Everything that we made was really good. Anne-Marie made some just out-of-this-world dishes. Everything put together, it was like just... You didn't. You just close your eyes, and whatever wherever your fork went on the plate, it was gonna be good. Wow! I made probably the biggest turkey I ever made. <clears throat> I don't know why I did that because it wasn't like we had a ton of people or anything like right. that. But I did make a twenty-five pound turkey. Wow, that is a big turkey. It was ginormous, and uh, I had my turkey recipe and everything. But the problem was that. Anne-Marie had so many things she had to put in the oven before Scott and Karen showed up at like one o'clock in the afternoon that she needed the oven by 7.30 in the morning, meaning that I had to have that turkey cooked by seven in the morning. And we didn't want it cooked too early so that it was sitting forever. So I started cooking that turkey at 11 o'clock the night before, and it got done at a, a right around seven o'clock. The problem was the recipe called for rotating it, the turkey, every 30 minutes. Oh. So I was up all night wrestling <laughs> that darn turkey. And I, I'd, 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 I'd turn it, you know, you got to bend all down there and wrestle yeah. a big old bird out of the thing and try not, and not to, the juice out of there. Yeah, try not yeah, to burn, not your burn yourself. Yeah. Exactly. And so then I'd go into the living room and I'd sit down and go, okay, I got a half hour. Should I sleep? Should I watch TV? I don't know. Then by the time I decide what I'm going to do, the buzzer would go off again. Wow. And I'm back in there. You're going to have to happen until seven o'clock in the morning. Did you then, get any Marie, sleep? No. I, I, it was like Twilight Zone the whole time. Then when Anne Marie came downstairs, bless her heart, mm -hmm. uh, she uh, needed me to go to the store to, get, <laughs> to pick up something. So I've been up all night. I'm at the store like a zombie. It was crazy. 
but it was totally worth it. It turned yeah. out wonderful. And oh, I mean, the rest of the weekend, I, I didn't have to do anything, which was great. Anne-Marie did want to put up the Christmas decorations, mm. but I was, I was whipped. I couldn't. I, I, I bet. After that. Yeah, I bet. Uh, hey, I wanted to give you a meditation update uh, because last time we talked about that, about two weeks ago, I was saying I was battling negative thoughts and you know part of i've been worried about my seasonal affective disorder going into dark holiday seasons and covid so sick of covid yeah and um so i've been really trying to step up the efforts in a lot of regards so it occurred to me merle that you know we talked about i used to meditate uh quite a bit and i still do the guided meditation with youtube videos and stuff i do that a lot at night and um but during my workouts and stuff like that, for years, I have gotten into just the podcast habit. So right. I go there and I'm, I'm listening to my podcast. And it's usually productive. I do some comedy podcasts, but a lot of online marketing stuff, a lot of uh, kind of the, the self-help kind of stuff, Wayne Dyer and some other things, uh, certainly a lot of Jordan Peterson. So it's productive, but I no longer am using that time to quiet my mind. And that's, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So instead I'm occupying my mind. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a, a habit that I kind of gotten out of. And I mentioned before that there's a lot, there's several different types of meditation. And I believe that I am at back to the very beginning phase where I have to do the mind dump. I have to just kind of, uh, I, what I've been doing, I'm back to when I'm, because I'm not riding my bike to the gym now, I'm now right. driving there and finding my hamster wheel of choice. As I say, it's usually mm -hmm. the elliptical. And oh, yeah. so I have to find one where the TV screens, like, I don't want TV screens blinking all around me. I don't want mm -hmm. sensory overload. I want quiet mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and it's been easy to do during COVID. And I'm just staring right at this big giant window outside and no TV screens going on. But what I have to do is on my, uh, on my phone with my earbuds in, I pull up YouTube comma white noise and it's oh. simply, yeah, it's, I know uh, what white noise is. Yeah. Yeah. So I listen to that to block out that God awful music that they pump yeah. in. They, they, they never play good music in gyms, do they? It, it's like, what, what's up with, I know that they're trying to find the biggest middle of the road to abuse yeah. and not offend but i they pump in 14 year old girl bubblegum music yeah it's, yeah it's, it's terrible. terrible it is terrible i agree and um, planet fitness the average age is probably 35 to 40 years old somewhere so, in there so i don't get it i don't why get are they it doing that i think they're all they all have like it's like the gym muzak right like they, they all tune into the same station yeah yeah something like that so I have to put on that kind of the white noise, but it's still it, that stuff. I'm selling like an old man here. It's a little too loud. Hey, um, rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> can't understand what they're saying. Whippersnappers. <laughs> so I try to do the white noise. And the point of this is so for 10 minutes, and I'll probably extend that as our season progresses, but for 10 minutes, I just kind of stare ahead at the trees uh, on the horizon and stuff and try to keep my mind clear. But uh, at this point, I know that's going to be really difficult. What I'm more doing is just observing the thoughts that are bombarding me. 
and mm. and going okay i acknowledge you on to the next okay i acknowledge you and try to have a few minutes of peace where i connect with nature and then try to simply build upon those moments of quiet in my mind. That's where I'm at right now. I can build up to the point where we talked about before doing, I don't know what the name of it would be, but more of the concentrated uh, meditation where you, I, I told you about the Wayne Dyer version where you concentrate on the Lord's prayer and visualizing the letters like yeah yeah we talked about that yeah like my father and you see the m and then you see the y and then you concentrate on the space in the middle yes that's, yes that's called getting into the gap completely clearing your mind because when you can get put together string together more of those seconds into 20 seconds into a minute of not being bombarded by conscious thought from your ego those are the thoughts that are like verbalized in your language. Usually you have, it's a voice put to them as well. And you can live more from your soul and your heart. That is where you get your purity. Like if you can do that and then enter into your work day of tasks without judgmental thoughts entering in, but being able to clearly just concentrate on your tasks, you're going to do them better and you're going to be happier doing them because you're coming from more of a pure source, uh, connected to source instead yeah, of the ego. I love, I love what you're saying. I mean, um, obviously we talked before about the Wayne Dreyer thing and the Lord's Dyer. prayer. Dyer. Oh, Dyer. see, I always get, I, it's my job to get this wrong. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it is. It is. But, uh, Wayne Dyer, uh, anyway, uh, I almost forgot what I was going to say, but oh yeah, the, the Lord's Prayer I was thinking about over this whole COVID thing, um, that for a long time I was meditating on a particular scripture, Psalm 91, I, I think I brought this up before, but uh, it's, it's very, you know, a little bit different take on how I do this, but um, it, every line of it, I memorized this, the, uh, I, this, it's a Psalm, Psalm 91, I memorized it. It's about uh, 18, I think, um, verses. And as I would memorize it, I would say that um, uh, everything that I would think about, every line I would think of in that scripture, uh, for instance, um, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Um, and then I, I just take that scripture and I think about what does that mean? What does that mean to me? Um, and as we take a look at, for instance, COVID-19, you're seeing, well, gosh, it's a horrifying thing. It seems like people are dying all around you. Is it going to happen to me? And the more I focused on, <clears throat> but it shall not come near me and some of the other promises that uh, that uh, it compares me and my relationship to the Lord, like I'm inside of a safe house or a, a fortress. And I think about, oh, I'm inside of a fortress, and I imagine that. Um, I don't know, something about that after I'm done seems like I'm on automatic pilot where I'm just not worried about those kinds of things anymore. Um, just that, that kind of meditation, um, when you're focusing on something really positive like that, seems to be helpful during this time of uh of uh, of darkness i would say mm -hmm. <clears throat> that we're in right now 
Yeah. And when more and more people do this, there's studies that back this up that you actually raise the consciousness level of others around you as well. But you know, you can see that in your own experiment. When you walk into a room in a great mood, you're in your zone, you bring everybody up around you. You, you know, that's really, uh, um, it's a, we talk about this all the time. And it's just the, the effect of the people around you is really sort of our purpose on earth, right? It's not mm -hmm. all about me. It's about everybody around me. I saw that movie um, about Mr. Rogers over this week. Have Tom you seen Hanks. that yet? No, no, but I would like to. You know, I, I, had, I didn't see the whole thing, but what I saw was amazing. First off, Tom Hanks, what a great yeah. actor he is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's one of the best. He's been in some real bloopers uh, during his career. I, a couple of them come to mind right now. Uh, none come to mind. Really? I, How about that one where it was like uh, a, a bachelor party? I think that was the name of it. Oh, it was uh, dumb. It was oh, really I don't. Dumb. Yeah, I probably didn't see it. But I mean, you say him <laughs> and I'm thinking all the way back to the kid. Uh, the one where he's like a kid. That, oh, okay. I did. I would, that wasn't one of my favorites, but I thought, I thought, it thought was he good. was really good. Of course. I thought he, he's a great oh, actor in that movie, yeah. but remember the one where he was like dating a mermaid and I mean, he, when he oh, first he, started, he did silly ones. Yeah. That's what But I'm even that about. was a hit too, though. I thought it was silly, but uh, yeah. what, what was that? Bosom buddies. Remember that show? That's what, that was his big break. I, I never watched it. I, I don't it think was, I ever saw a single If you show. watched it today, you'd probably think, what a dumb show that is. You know but what, I though? liked it at the time. There are shows that were, you know, that are silly and you kind of just watch to throw away that portion of your day to unwind or something. Right, right. But just the other day, I pulled up some Seinfeld. Uh, old Seinfeld. Uh, okay, that uh, never gets old to me. That's my point. You talk about quality. Look at even Andy Griffith. Oh, I love those shows. Still, look how old those are. So okay, some, there's something in common. There's something in common between those two shows. It's what? Very interesting. Okay, so uh, oh, I, so, so, I know what I would say. Go ahead. Don't, no, no, I want to hear what you were going to say. Oh, I've said it before, I think, on the show. I've said it to your brother before. He and I like to talk about comedy stuff. I said, Kramer, I don't believe there would be a Kramer if not for Don Knotts. Don Knotts. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a great, that's great. I like, I like what you're and saying. He laid the foundation there. Ah, you know, he, any he episode. High bar, high bar. Yeah, he did. You're right. I love Don Knotts. He was so funny. But no, I'm talking about the theme music. Okay, so. I, yeah. Seinfeld's one of my favorite shows, Yeah, but I didn't watch it for like the first three years, the first three seasons, because as soon as that music would come on, you know, that whole, you mentioned that I know, before. I was, I'm like, that sounds so stupid. I'm not watching this. <laughs> I would never watch it. And now with the Andy Griffith with that. Yeah. It, yeah. Anne Marie will not watch that show. I love that show. Sure. It's one of the things we can't share together. Because as soon as that music comes on, she's out of there, man. She's, really? not, she's not watching that show. And I'm thinking, if she would just sit down and watch that show, it'll probably be her favorite sitcom. Uh, agreed. Just now, like with the Seinfeld when I finally watched it. Now, uh, I did not... Uh, Geez, I had three thoughts that entered my head all at the same time there. But I wanted to say, we probably mentioned this a long time ago, but I was always amazed after I got older and smarter that uh, All in the Family, 
Now look yeah. how old that show was. And right, right. Gene's I'm talking like Don Knotts, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The characters, mm-hmm. Gene Stapleton and Carol O'Connor came right out of the gate and nailed those characters. They really did. I mean, that's impressive, you know? You know, and Carol O'Connor's part as Archie Bunky is... Uh, Bunker. <laughs> you're, you're tearing everything up today. It's, it's not even <laughs> 7 in the morning yet. Archie Bunky. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Archie Bunker. If, if this is the epitome of a typecast character like how can you play anything else after you've oh. been archie bunker but, but he he, did. he sure as heck did yeah. and he was that just speaks to what a great actor he was absolutely you know, now you know another show that i didn't think anything of until it came out in the syndication i never watched friends until about five six years ago oh wow because seinfeld was on at the same time oh it, it was okay yeah yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I liked that show too. Those were two great shows. I started watching it, it, you know, on Netflix or whatever all those years later. And I was like, oh my God. And Lisa would always talk about it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I start watching it. She's like so happy. She's like, oh, you finally understand. And uh, (laughs) oh, yeah, that was a high quality show. Yeah, it was a great show. It was a great show. I hear that show has been under attack uh, lately. Oh, Oh, because we're putting. Works because we're putting modern day ultra sensitive uh what's the word morality Mores, yes uh, yeah onto a show that was over 25 years ago that's right that's, that's right that's so stupid yeah we've, why we've don't we go back and attack everything from the 60s now right okay? well all in the family would be a, one of those on the list oh as, yeah like you could never can you imagine a show like that coming you on today bat yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I mean, there'd be like people protesting and marching outside of the studios and you everything. Know, but oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I wanted the to your point. I think that it's kind of like tearing down the statues. How it's about, a lot like that. Yeah, yeah. How about if you appreciate the art, the creativeness, the accomplishment of that time for that time? Like, come on, all in the family. You, as you said, it's. I'm sure it's being attacked right now that we just haven't heard about, but look what it always did for our sensibilities. You know, like Archie Bunker was the racist and it was mild, but, uh, but that was, you know, he was put on a pedestal as a racist to be torn down. And then they brought in George Jefferson to do the exact same thing from a black perspective. That was, that was high art. It was you high get those, and those two in the same room together, those were the oh, best. It those was the best. best. But my, the, the, the dueling idiots. Yeah, but my point <laughs> to this, trying to cancel everything now in the past, and they're doing this all the time about trying to apply today's so-called it's hypocritical morality to things that are decades, years old when times were different. Yeah, you know, I, agree. And I just it's the silliest thing. And I think it makes people look really dumb and shallow while they're trying to look intelligent and superior. I it's the whole virtue signaling thing. There you I go. Told, that's exactly what it is. Um, let's see. I, I there was a movie. Oh, boy, I'm never going to get this. Let me go back to the Tom Hanks movie that I was talking <laughs> okay. about before uh, with Mr. Rogers. And we yeah, were talking right. about um, not being focused on yourself and focusing on other people and how that brings a joy into your sure. your life. Um, 
the the movie's the epitome of that. Mr. Rogers' life is the epitome of that. His his ultra focus on other people and their needs and not thinking of himself and yet carrying this inner joy wherever he went. And the movie really brings that up. It really messes up the the main character or the the uh the second character in this. But it's oh. it's really cool. It's a great great example. I don't know. Did you watch that show when you were growing up? No, I never knew anything about him really other really? than the kind of hearsay. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Did it compete with uh, Captain Kangaroo? I watched that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Friends and Seinfeld. You're watching, you're yeah. watching Captain Kangaroo. Sure. Uh, Mr. I'm not Green. watching Mr. Rogers. Right? Yeah, no, I didn't know anything about him, So, but I remember reading about the reviews because i figured it's going to be a typical oh the guy's probably outed as a pedophile or some other kind of crap i thought that's what was going to happen actually in the movie yeah what i read yeah so i did a little quick reading on him i never knew anything about him and it just all seems to be he was one incredible guy yeah uh, one incredible role model he he really was and i believe they uh, actually did a movie about that I, you know, in this day and age, yeah. it's, it is kind of hard to believe that they would yeah. do a movie about that. Hey, anyway. You know, oh, go ahead. Oh, about the movie. Uh, no, I was done with the movie. I was, <laughs> okay. I was ready to transition on, but go ahead. Oh, I just had a thought. All this stuff we we're talking about that uh, in the, the morality, hypocritical morality. So I work out at Planet Fitness and I couldn't wait to get there. They were building this gym. You know, it seemed to take forever. Uh, and I couldn't wait to get there because I'd been working out at LA fitness forever at this point. And it was driving me crazy. I mean, talk about the music, holy crap. And then, uh, but it was the kids, mostly the like college age kids that were just throwing their weights around, acting tough all the time, you know, and just so much ego in that gym. And I, so I couldn't wait to get out of there because planet fitness is all about, the no judgment zone and it's anti meathead uh, mentality, that kind of stuff. So I thought, yeah, yeah. And I do love the gym and it's really clean. So I like that. And people are generally, generally chill, but the whole no, no judgment zone. Oh my God. They take it just to what I was talking about, the hypocritical morality. They have this big sign. I should take a picture of it to put on here. Uh, right around their little alarm says the no lunkhead zone. And then they have this definition, like, you know, a Webster definition of what a lunkhead is. And I don't have it written down, but it's all about somebody that's wearing the string tank top, something like that, and dropping their weights, trying to look cool. Don't be a lunkhead. It's all this shaming, you know? And it's supposed to be the no shaming zone. (laughs) They create their own. They create their own. Uh, you know, create their own uh, term and uh, extent on shaming. It's just when you go too far, you know, and you become a hypocrite. It it seems like that's uh, pretty prevalent today. It, yeah. it's I don't know what is it irony um, that we're talking about here. I don't know what the extremism. I don't know. Yeah, but it's but it's pretty common that uh, the the thing that that you're so against is the thing that you're the expert at doing. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> this is crazy. Hey, you said uh, you wanted to switch gears. Go yeah, ahead. just transitioning out a little bit here into uh, some things that are going on. I, I wanted to let you know out here in California, uh, in Los Angeles, man, things have really 
I heard ratcheted uh, up as far as the restrictions go on on everything. I, I was telling you all about in the national news. Yeah, and and really, I'm glad to hear that because yeah. I I think it's I think this is pretty pretty scary kind of stuff that's going on right now. But anyhow, we were just issued an order after Thanksgiving. So if you remember, before Thanksgiving, things got tight over here. Oh, they yeah. uh, they closed down all our restaurants to take out only. They can't do the outdoor dining thing. Everything else is pretty pretty tightened up as well. There was a curfew, 10 o'clock. You can't go outside and be outside after 10 o'clock uh, to 6 o'clock in the morning. Wow. So that's pretty drastic. But then this week, it got worse. Uh, I guess the COVID numbers have gone up here in the county of LA. And so now there's a new order. The new order prohibits all travel, including without limitation, travel on foot, bicycle, scooter, motorcycle, automobile, or public transit with limited expectations. Garcetti, who's our mayor, also ordered ordered all residents living in the city to, quote, remain in their homes, forcing businesses that require in-person attendance to shut down. Wow. Gatherings that include individuals uh, from more than one ho household are prohibited. That's pretty amazing to me. I really don't know what to say to that. But yeah, it's definitely made the national media uh, news cycle repeatedly. So yeah, I woke up yesterday morning after hearing about these new orders. And I got to tell you, Barry, I, it just really took the wind out of me. I, um, I really just I mean, okay, so now I can't even just go outside and go for a walk. They're talking about finding people for doing that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's just so crazy how they can completely shut down your your life the way that they did uh the way that they have but i'm hearing um i mean how are things going in ohio as far as that goes you were just talking about going to the gym i haven't been able to go to a gym since uh, i i'm a member but my gym's been closed since i think late june early mm -hmm. july oh yeah i thought it was longer than that i, I really yeah, it opened it actually opened for about so it closed in march but then it opened at the end of may for about a month and then they shut it back down again gotcha well i you know i'm gonna play devil's advocate on all this because this is all really tough stuff and as you we always say every state every city is very different from another one and so mm -hmm. you asked about here in ohio well it's bad I, we got I was half listening this morning to the news that uh, a bunch of counties, like seven, are in the so-called purple zone, which is yeah. really bad. So it's really bad here. They're talking a lot about, uh, oh, hospitals that only have 15% capacity uh, left that they're you know, getting pretty, very concerned about. We're getting hmm. very concerned about uh, hospital availability. And I've certainly heard that about California as well. So this is where I wanted to play devil's advocate because I don't know what is the right thing to do. We are facing a very serious pandemic here. At this point, it actually has blown into what they did predict and fear uh, a long time ago. And uh, What's that? You, uh, what, what did they predict? Approaching hospital maximum. Oh, oh, yeah. And, and – my point is with you, your situation, you are in such a densely populated area where if people are allowed to, okay, and I think 
throughout most of the country, we tried to, you know, give everybody all their freedoms as much as possible, hope that they would do the right thing based on the recommendations and in the news. And we've seen all the reports of people doing stupid stuff and having big cases of COVID uh, outbreak. And when you're so densely populated as you are with the diversity there and you say, yes, okay, yes, you can walk, you can go, uh, all the different travel restrictions say don't apply. People are going to be a percentage of that population will abuse it. You just have so many people there, so many different walks of life. How do you police them? So I'm not sure what the right thing to do is when you're looking at uh, the, a pandemic at this level. I don't, I really don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> well, the problem with the way, and I, I appreciate what you're saying that you don't know. And I don't think anybody does really. Right. right. right? I mean, <clears throat> uh, but the problem is this is, we can't allow the the cure for the problem to be the thing that's that or the reaction to the problem to cause something even worse than what the actual problem is causing you know like if uh if your kitchen's on fire you don't want to do something like uh, uh that causes the rest of your house to to catch on fire and burn down and and what we're looking at during this pandemic is the lockdown uh, could potentially be much more dangerous than this disease is already right now. I have this, uh, I get this, um, I get this, it's called Imprimus. Uh, it is it's from Hillsdale College. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this uh, um, epidemiologist is uh, featured in this month's Imprimus, and he's talking about the ways that, um, let's see, the title of this one is actually called A Sensible and Compassionate Anti-COVID Strategy. And he goes into really talking about the science of this whole thing. But some of the stuff that comes out in this is kind of interesting. One of them is that the, the, um, the UN is actually now predicting that because of this pandemic, that um, 130 million additional people will starve this year as a result of the economic damage resulting from the lockdowns. 130 million. And uh, when we start taking a look at the damage caused by COVID so far, yes, we've had some pretty tragic death here, but nothing approaching millions at, at this point. Uh, but 130 million dying of starvation, what a terrible thing. It also goes into some of this other stuff, uh, many other aspects, but one of the most stunning was <clears throat> the mental health problems that we're seeing that's out, that's out there right now, especially among young people. The uh, CDC is saying that young adults, pardon me, between 18 and 24 have now seriously considered suicide. Oh, and yeah, that's that, way that, up way up yeah we're seeing the suicide rates up and everything he goes on to uh show and make a case for the fact that it's showing um the death rates between young people uh and and people 70 and older and obviously that's where the the real problem is is 70 and older older but when you factor in school closings and things like that his point is is that the young people are paying for the paying the highest price uh, for something that's really not affecting them at all. And so I just think that um, these are things that we should be looking at and looking at seriously is that 
this is having an impact beyond the disease that could be much, much worse. And you know, I'm, a, I'm a glass is half full guy, 24 seven. And so when things start to get to me, I'm thinking, well, how is everybody else dealing with this? Because I mean, this is, it's oppressive, man. This is oppressive to me. It is, but look at it like this is, I think we're just trying to do our damnedest in the short term to contain it while because of a lot of great news about these vaccines, they are motoring these things out here. And I think that is positive news, very positive. So we're trying really to get on the other side of this. So, but it's, God, you see the charts on this just skyrocket, continuing to skyrocket in cases. So let me, let me make a point about that because yes, we are seeing that. However, and you have to admit this, that um, for instance, the first time we were supposed to break the curve, you know, with all these hospitalizations, we didn't want the hospitals to be overflowed and we we're going to do this, this lockdown for three weeks and then t- come to find out that the hospitals really weren't in a position where they were going to be completely maxed right. out. Back then. And so, so, so what we're hearing now, oh, no, this time it's going to, it's, it's really happening, but it, they made it seem like it was happening the last time too, even though it wasn't. So now we have a credibility problem with our political officials and, and also with the media because they're constantly being like the boy who cried wolf. And so now it's like, well, should we believe them this time? That's the crazy part here in California. We've got our governor who is saying, hey, uh, here's, here's all the lockdowns. This is serious. You don't want to kill anybody. Don't go out there without your mask. Don't, don't, you're not allowed to eat in these restaurants. Then we catch him sure. <laughs> at a restaurant uh, eating without a mask on. And he's got all these other people there. And they're all sitting shoulder to shoulder. We're, we weren't even allowed to have Thanksgiving before, but he's right. having a $3,000 meal with all of these other people, he lied and said he had, nope, this was outside and we were social distancing. That was a lie. He, we have pictures now, we can see it. And um, <clears throat> come to find out the people that he was sitting with at the dinner were all uh, health, health executives from the health bureau here in the oh state that have helped him, that have collaborated to lock things down. So what I'm seeing here is evidence that it's not really what they're trying to tell us that it is. Now, I can't prove that, but it's just, this is the smacks of that. So I wanted to go into my constitutional corner here for just a second and talk about this because I think this is something to think about. Okay, so I want to ask you, so is this, are you leading into your segment about- I am. Okay, about the Constitution, gotcha. Okay. Right, right, right. So uh, last time you and I spoke, we were talking about the Declaration of Independence, right? Mm -hmm. And what we talked about here, I wanted to be able to show this on the screen, but I forgot to ask you before the show for the the rights to be I can do that. Oh, you can? Real quickly. Okay. Uh, Yes, and you are- now host. All right. Well, let's it's like this. you got to do it twice. Oh, you got to double click. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very hey. good. So nice. I'm, I'm going to pull up this Declaration of Independence first. Here's why I do that. Because the country's founded on that, right? Mm-hmm. That's our, that, this is our founding document, July 4th, 1776. It was approved by these representatives of our country. And it was a great scene. And this is explaining why we're leaving, this whole thing. 
And uh, the document, as you see here, I've, I've actually outlined some things in different colors. Uh, these green, uh, blue, and kind of fuchsia colors here represent something. These are all offenses that King George had uh, that they were they were saying this guy's a tyrant. Um, in fact, they said uh, that uh, the the history of the present king of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations. And then they go into them. Now it's interesting because what they've done here is their everything in green is uh, okay. I want to mention most people actually listen to this and that's okay. I'm just going to explain it here. Okay. Um, Okay. We've got green things that are for the legislature. These are things that he's doing by taking legislative responsibility. And um, the blue is where he's taking um, um, judiciary responsibility and the Fuchsia is where he's taking responsibilities as an executive. The fact is, is if you take a look at this, what he's done is he's combined three powers, judicial, executive, and legislative, into one person. And as a result, he's able to make up laws and then execute them and put away all of its enemies. And every time that what, what the founders are making a point of is any time you combine these three powers into one person, you're going to get corruption. Or even sure. if you, in, even if you just put two of them together, like for instance, the executive and the legislature together, <clears throat> you're going to get corruption here. Mm. And interestingly, um, the founders, this is something that I think is interesting, I'm going to get to a point here, but the founders actually believed that um, it, they, they were all God-fearing people. Not all of them Christians, but all God-fearing people. Mm-hmm. And they thought they were making a comparison here in the Declaration of Independence between King George and God. I've actually highlighted uh, in yellow the areas where they name, they make name, they call God in certain names. One of them is Creator. He's the Creator. Uh, but also, there's natures of God. He's the the God. He's the the laws of nature and of nature's God. He's also the supreme judge of the world, and he's also divine providence. Those are the three branches of government. The judge is judicial. The uh, laws of nature are are our legislature and also provision, divine provision. It's providing the blessings that have been agreed to already by the the nature's laws, right, our freedoms. Uh, Those things are representing our different branches, and they're all combined into one creator. And so Really, what we're looking at is that only God, because God is the one that's given us these unalienable rights, he's the only one just, and he's the only one that can actually have the power of judge, jury, and executioner and do it in a just manner. Anytime you give that to man, it's going to equal corruption. So I say that to move over to the Declaration of, uh, of, independ- I'm sorry, of the Constitution. <clears throat> The Constitution was an <clears throat> uh, outpouring of the philosophies in the Declaration of Independence. So obviously, and logically, 
you're going to build a foundation on top of what you founded the, the, the thing on or the purpose of which it was founded on, correct? Which mm -hmm. is everything, these concepts. Mm -hmm. So what they did, let me share my screen one more time here. What they did was they broke down the, the, the um, Constitution of the United okay. States. I got it from constitution.congress.gov, blah, blah, blah. Fake anyway, news. there it is. <laughs> um, okay, so here we go. Here's the Constitution. Finally, we get to the Constitution. Now, the Constitution came several years after the Declaration of Independence. It came in 18, I'm sorry, 1789. Of course, we were founded in 76. And uh, we had another Constitution before this one called the Articles of Confederacy that actually nearly destroyed our country and we needed a new Constitution. And this is what came out of it. And this is how we got our President of the United States and the current government that we have right now. By the way, our constitutional government that we have here, this Constitution is the oldest one still in, uh, that's, that's, that's living today. Uh, of all the countries in the world, ours is the oldest. We really have the oldest current constitutional government in the world today. It's amazing of when Isn't Europe that? is, you know, so thousands. much older. Yeah. But their governments have changed over the years. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and ours ours haven't. It has, has not. It is incredible. Uh, just a little known fact there. So when this came into being, it actually was um, started in 1787. They had this con constitutional um, uh, committee that came together to, uh, to figure this out. And then it had to be ratified by each of the 13 colonies or states. Uh, they are laid out as far as articles and sections. So each article, and there's seven different articles here, mm. each article will go over a different faction or a function of our government. But the first three are what I'm gonna focus on today. Article one, article two, and article three. Article one is everything about the legislative branch, Article two is everything about the executive branch. Article three is everything about the judicial branch. Cool. So just like in the Declaration of Independence where they're separating out and saying, if you combine these together, you're gonna have corruption. The constitution is actually laid out the same way so that for instance, here we're looking at article one, all legislative powers herein granted shall be vested in a constitution of the United States, which shall consist of a Senate and House of Representatives. This is what I wanna point out, all legislative powers. That means that the only place that you can actually make laws is through the legislative branch. You can't do it through the executive branch and you cannot do it through the judicial branch. Now, one thing you'll notice as I just scroll through here is that Article 1 is the longest section in the Constitution. And there's a reason for that. And that is because the legislative branch is what's most beholden to you and I. We elect our House of Representatives every, every, every two years, and these are the ones that represent you and I most closely in what our needs are, um, especially the House of Representatives because they're elected every two years. And almost as soon as they get into office, they have to run for office again. So if they're not actually beholden to what my needs are, they're gonna get voted out. 
They don't have any time to dilly-dally around over there. Article 2 talks about the executive office, and all, they, all, all this guy does as president is execute the laws that the legislature puts into being. That's his only job. He doesn't make laws. He executes the laws, the laws at, that be, pertain to this Constitution, and uh, he is in charge of protecting those and executing those laws. And then finally, the third section is the judicial branch, and they are responsible for judging anyone that would uh, surpass the law in any way. It's interesting that you brought out, Barry, uh, a couple of weeks ago, the death penalty. And we talked about our unalienable rights. And uh, if everyone's got this unalienable right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, how could the death penalty even be legal? While that can't be taken away from you, unalienable, you can forfeit it. If you steal somebody else's life, liberty, or pursuit of happiness, then you're going to be facing this Article Three uh, uh, court. And that's really the way it's laid out. Now, the reason that I bring this up, we're going to get into this more in the next few weeks, but the reason I bring this up is just for a discussion point, Barry. Mm -hmm. And that is when we take a look at our state governments right now, let me just point one last thing out here. Article six says that, uh, that the, the last thing on it, the senators and representatives before mentioned and the members of the several state legislatures and all executive and judicial officers, both of the United States and of the several states shall be bound by an oath of affirmation to support this confirmation, I'm sorry, constitution. So whether you're in federal or in state and local government, you, uh, you still perform an oath of affirmation to this constitution. Mm -hmm. So that's an important point. As Agreed. we take a look at what's happening with COVID today, and this is, this is where I wanted to go, mm -hmm. because this all relates to everything that we do today. And that's why we bring it up. And what we're seeing right now here in the state of California, in the state of Ohio, in the state of Michigan, I'm just going to pick those as examples right now because there's some serious stuff that's happening in the news right now. And that is in the state of Ohio and in the state of Michigan, for example, the state legislatures have called for impeachment of the governor. Just this week, Mike DeWine uh, is under scrutiny for impeachment, and Governor Whitner, Whitmer in Michigan are also up for impeachment. And it all has to do with the fact that the governors of both of those states have enacted legislation through the executive office without the legislatures. Mm. And that's the problem. Uh, the problem isn't so much that these restrictions have happened. The problem is how the restrictions have come about. The reason the legislature is designed the way it is is because it's government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And so, therefore, laws that dictate how we live should only come from the legislature that perfectly represents us. When it comes from the executive office, that's only supposed to be. Um, uh, executing the laws, but now you've combined the making of the law and the executing of the law together, the Founding Fathers and the Declaration of Independence put out a precedent that that only can lead to corruption. And so that's what I'm concerned about today. I First of all, I got to 
uh, I got to tell you that you did a fantastic job of laying out the framework of this uh, to make it understandable for a dope like me, because the, 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 the structure of politics has always just uh, been mind numbingly boring for me. But when you, you told us the importance of the declaration the, and think of what that term is to declare, declaring what was right, what, what was wrong with existing governments and that to declare that uh, the three branches of government are essential. It's essential that they be divided. When you brought us into the constitution and didn't give us too much, just the right amount to point out now the constitution provides the framework for each one of those three branches of government. Real, I just thank you. You, you did a, a, a really a heck of a job there. Now I want to ask you, with like DeWine, for instance, and you're saying that he's overstepping his constitutional rights by uh, executively applying laws, creating law and implementing laws. Yes. But isn't there, I'm guessing, isn't there provisions for emergency situations? Not in the Constitution. Um, the only uh, the only executive privilege that you have is under wartime situation. So if you this is where the blurred line is is okay. They the governor has emergency powers, uh, and what are those emergency powers? We're going to talk about in the next section. We're going to talk. We're going to start to dig into each one of these sections, but we're going to talk about the purpose of federal government and what it's it's supposed to be, and what the state governments are supposed to be able to pr protect, and what they're supposed to be able to do. So, yeah, there are uh, some caveats in there, and you're right. The government is set there to to help to to protect us, but there's a certain way in which it's supposed to happen. And if it happens out of order, again, that's where corruption happens. Um, really, all of these things are supposed to come up through the legislature and be, then be approved by the legislature and enacted into laws. So these things can happen pretty quickly as well. But for some reason, they, the, those things have been ignored. And because the general public is not educated on the Constitution and what it says, that when the governor makes these moves, the general public says, oh, well, he's supposed to do that. Yeah. And they, they, they're blind to the fact that he's doing something that really isn't constitutional. And this happens all the time. That's why it's so important that we read these documents. Mm. Let me just finish. I got to tell you this. this. This is why I became very um, interested in this. Mm. And it happened when I was, I think I was 17 years old. And I was with a friend of mine. And we were out late at night on a Friday over at this guy's brother's house, who was like 25 years old. And we were in the house having a good old time, drinking, and we were underage drinking in there and everything, having a great time, playing music really loud. Suddenly, loud knock at the door. We're all freaked out, you know? And this guy's brother goes to the, it's the police. Oh my gosh, it's the police. And he says, we've gotten a complaint here and we're coming inside to check it out. And I'm in there, I can hear this guy. And I'm in there going, oh, my God, I'm going to jail. And my dad's going to find out about this. And I'm like, I'm totally freaking out. And this guy boldly says to the police officer, you're not coming in here because you don't have a warrant. And he goes, no, I don't have a warrant. He goes, well, come back when you have a warrant. And he slams the door on the cop's face. Wow. And I'm 
freaking, I'm sweating. I'm expecting that door to shatter into toothpicks and the police come <laughs> drag us all out of there. But instead, right. what happens is the cop kind of with his head down and his tail between his leg goes back to the car and drives away and never comes back. Yeah. I say to this guy, what the heck? How did you, what, what? He goes, listen, you have to know your rights. And if you don't know your rights, they will be taken from you. Mm -hmm. Holy cow, boy. I never forgot that. If yeah. you don't know your rights, your rights are going to be stolen from you. And that's mm -hmm. what that cop was about to do. If we hadn't known our rights right there, he would have come in. I would have gone to jail. Sure. My dad would have been out there and I wouldn't be on this podcast today. Right. <laughs> right. And you know, back then he probably got away with that behavior at least 75% of the time. Oh, I'm thinking Barry, I'm thinking today, uh, how many people, even the, the very little that we just went over right now, how many people actually know that? Very, I'd say I, probably 99% of the people here don't know that. I don't know about that because there's so many YouTube videos of this. I get, sure. I get stuck watching them sometimes and you know, I go down yeah. the rabbit hole. And, uh, and because sometimes it's really cool to see that a person, uh, 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 what do I want to say? Uh, sheds light on this police situation, this uh, egotistical cop. Uh, uh, well, yeah. Other times, it just pisses me off to see these really ill-behaved citizens pushing their luck and trying to make an ass out of a cop and always walking that edge. I know my rights. I know my rights. And I just uh, remember the whole... Uh, spraying water on the new york cops yes i sure do that was like terrible. right there i just thought boy there should be some kind of amendment there where to head that off that kind of antagonizing okay so i don't i i don't think there needed to be an amendment for that i think uh as soon as that anything like that happened assault. the police actually had the authority to arrest those people because exactly that's an you're assaulting a police officer that okay. was mayor de blasio uh, actually, again, here we are. You're the executive of the city. Your job is to carry out the laws of the city, not to interpret the laws the way the judicial system does and bend them the way that you want them. No, you're supposed to just execute the laws. He made a decision not to uphold the Constitution and allow his police force to actually execute the laws. Mm -hmm. There was no amendment needed right there. That was a great example that you just brought up. Well, look at me. Uh, where do you want to go with this? Um, hey, well, well, to be continued. This okay, is uh, good. We, we've got some great stuff to talk about regarding the Constitution. We're going to get into uh, these different articles that are in the Constitution. We'll also, one thing I left out was the Bill of Rights and the other amendments. There have been 27 amendments to the Constitution. The last one happened in 1992. Uh, we'll talk oh. about how uh, the fifth uh, article of the Constitution talks about how to add new amendments to the Constitution. And there's two ways to do that. And we're gonna talk about that as well because it's super important to what's happening in the news today. I have a quick question though. Are there amendments on the table that are being proposed right now? Not that I'm aware of. Oh, okay. I thought it's you very, very hard to get an amendment passed. And Thank there's, God. there are, there are amendments that should be passed too. Like, like for instance, it should be an amendment 
to uh, produce a budget every year from the legislature and that it is made public and that everyone can see that. We haven't, the, the Congress has not produced a budget in over a decade. And, um, and, and so just like your home, if you don't produce a, have a budget that you run on, you're going to, you're going to go broke. Well, anyway, we can go into more details of that, but these are all, the constitution is all about protecting your rights. It's not about giving rights to the government because as the declaration of independence says, your rights don't come from the government. They come from your creator. And that's all there is. All right. Uh, I'm going to say again, you've done such a fantastic job with this. And it was a lot of work. I could see a lot of work there. And I just Thanks. really appreciate it. I can't wait to see the next one. I hope it's next week, but I don't want to push you, you know? No, no, I'm, I'm ready to go. I put out an outline we can talk about of uh, all of my different lessons and what we might add to it. This is something that you could talk about indefinitely. So yeah. we'll have to figure out when to stop. But there, there's some really interesting stuff in here that uh, if you didn't know, you're going to be blown away with, wait, then how come they're doing this now? Right. And, and it's, it's almost like, you know, you have these glasses now that you can see all the, oh my gosh, that's happening. And they, they shouldn't be doing that. If you don't know what's in there, you won't know what they're getting away with here. Uh, that's the whole thing. Uh, fantastic. Uh, parting words. Uh, first, I want to say, please, people. Uh, like, share, and subscribe to our channels. And we do not seem to get any organic reach at all. We can only build our audience through your likes and your shares. So please uh, do that and see us at over50startingover.com. You can sign up for our Facebook page there, but most importantly, the email list where you'll get our show notes and the episodes dropped right to your email box as they happen. Merle, I can't wait to see you next week. Thank you very much once again. I love you, brother. Love you too, brother. See you next week. All right.